G'day punters and welcome to Inside 50 and what a mouth-watering episode we've got as per usual the superstar Shane Crawford but drum roll please that will have to do Crawford thank you on debut today playing game number one Jackie Reed, the multimedia superstar Jackie welcome to our soon to be award-winning podcast it's taken a while to get the call up for this show I've known Quinny for 20 years 20 plus years 20 he used to work at the Blockbuster. <laughs> the, what, what, the local video the store? The local video Nick store. Quinn. Nick Quinn. With the big buffont. Did you have the big hair back then? Massive hair. Yeah, right. He'd be at the Blockbuster movies in uh, Mentone, uh, trying to get us the good deals on the new release. Did he have the hair out the back back oh, then? No, or it just always, it's always it's been the same, to be sort honest. Sort of flat top style, but <laughs> yeah. just big. Yep. Yeah, much like the Queen's Guards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have a long history with house parties in the Morty Shaw area, uh, Parkdale, Mentone. Really? What, what type of partier is Nick Quinn? You know, is he, well, is he sort of get on the table, start dancing, or does he just keep low key in the corner? I do recall smashed eggs on floors at one point, maybe smashed. at one of your parties, Quinny. <laughs> I remember as well, uh, you did throw my dad or push my dad into a rose bush. Oh, hang on. All in good fun. Had to go get his wrist checked at the local hospital. Where's the fun of pushing someone into a rose bush? (laughs) It was a bit of a playful tussle and he bit off more than he could chew. Yeah, poor dad. So, yeah, it has taken a while for the call-up, but I can see why. He didn't want that story getting out there. But, yes, he pushed pushed poor Wayne into the rose bush. Probably should have made Jackie sign a contract that anything (laughs) that happened (laughs) pre-2016 maybe would not be brought up on air. But for those that aren't familiar with you, you've been around sport for a long time and you love your footy. Love the footy, love the cricket as well, but footy is the number one passion. My dad was a coach at, at Xavier College when I was growing up, so I watched a few of those guys go through and sort of piqued my interest. My grandpa played for the Bombers in the old days as well, so footy was always around. Mum goes for Collingwood, Dad goes to Essendon. It, it was just always on. Jackie goes for? Essendon. The bomb, Of oh, course. No, yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. It's been a bit unfortunate the last decade, <laughs> 20 years actually. Well, it served you right because you were pretty arrogant about your bombers when we were teenagers, <laughs> was, so it's was, coming home to I roost was, now. For yeah. those well, that want to do good. some research on Grandpa, what was his name? Ken Reed. I think he played two games for the Bombers and played a couple of years in the twos and then went to Hastings. So he did the reverse John Coleman because he couldn't get a game because John Coleman was there. So right. Ken Reed. Yes, Ken Reed. Ken. Ken Reed. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> very good from you, Croft. And I've never thought of that before. What do you mean? You've, surely. No, that had never crossed Ken Reed. Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> can you, Shane? Well, that's, that's another really question. That's really good. Uh, oh, that's a very good question. And your dad coached some very good players. Who's the most famous? Um, yeah, he. Uh, Luke Ball, Joe Watson came through in those days as well. Ted Richards, which we we loved Ted back in those days. They've uh, always got some good players. Yeah. Uh, the Hawks have got CJ. He's, he's a Xavier boy. Yeah. When he went there for we a had year Josh Kennedy. Josh came hey, through. Hey, one of their great fellas. Yeah, Dan and Hanabry came through a bit later. Um, when you say came through, they all got poached. Well, <laughs> 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 I think Dad had stopped coaching by that point, okay. but yes, poor Dan. That was an no. awkward one, actually, because I was working in news when Dan threw the the eggs on markup day and, and I had to go down to Xavier and dad was, <laughs> was the talent. And I thought, oh, no, this isn't good. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he learned from Quinny. That's why <laughs> oh, he was yeah, throwing those eggs. Yeah, Do you know what? If, if that's the worst thing you're doing on markup day. Throwing I'm, eggs. Throwing eggs. Absolutely. Seriously. That's pretty good. Harmless. Really. We've got you here. We're thrilled to have you. And for those that want to follow your media career going forward, what are some of the projects you're involved with at the moment? Uh, doing boundary for 3AW for the footy season so far. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, last year didn't get to do that, so I had the year off. So it's been enormously good to be back. Um, and then I normally produce feature stories and content for Seven's cricket coverage. So they're the main two ones at the moment. You're a busy girl, and it's good to see that in Jimmy Bartel's absence, we've got a fellow 3AW star. Yeah, just uh, taking over poor Jimmy. Now, Coach Crawford made his debut on the weekend. How did it go? 
Um, yeah, it was an interesting start as catching the uh, coaching the Ardmona Bushcats, Jackie. Yes. Um, and look, fair to say, coming into the season, we were lacking a bit of fitness. You know, when you think about we had COVID and and um, you know, I, I suppose you know people needed a few matches under their belt. We had no preseason matches because so just was could... there a preseason training? Well, at there all? was some training, but um, I have to train everyone very differently because. Um, I just don't think they'd tolerate the work that I would like to do with them. So more or, more or less trying to kick the footies and understand that once you get it, pass it on to a teammate, not necessarily just kick and hope that it lands in a teammate's hands. But we lost um, – what was the score? Actually, we started really well. Um, we kicked the first goal. A young 15-year-old oh. Islander boy, you know, he playing his first game, kicked the goal. It was awesome. The horns went off around the ground and then um, – and then we played a, t- a town called Violet Town, or a team called Violet Town. And um, they had a really good forward, Mellington. I think he played a little bit with Fremantle. But he ended up kicking 12. <laughs> we lost the match uh, 20, 26, 18 to 3 goals, 7. So we had 10 shots at goal. And you've got to remember the last time this team played that I coached, um, they lost by 52 goals. Yep. So it was a massive start, fitness-wise, Got a lot of work to do, but they had a red-hot go. When was and, the last um, time they won a game? 150 points the loss was. No, uh, the last time they won? Oh, it's about six years. Six years. So was it 2,100 days? What does it mean to the country town to get together and watch the team? And I know, obviously, the result wasn't magnificent in the end, but you're in it for the first quarter. You know it we, must have been exciting. When we kicked the third goal in the last quarter, we, we were celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> so it's football done very differently. The conversations when the players come off and have a little rest – they're very different. You Are know? you still looking for players if anyone's thinking about getting involved? Well, I'm hoping I can sign Nick Quinn. Jeez, you must be desperate. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. This, <laughs> would, this would be great. We'd have to send some cameras down and make sure. I think we should, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we could commentate the Are match. Are you coaching from the bench or yeah. are you in a box? No, no, no. I'm just, yeah. No, I'm, I'm down. We don't have a box, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's in an orchard, you know, a, a fruit orchard, but uh, there's a few snakes, actually. But <laughs> it's, um, yeah, no, we're. The key this year is trying to keep the club alive because it's the 100th year and, um, you know, we had to get them back into the league because they, you know, they needed to improve. They needed on-field and off-field, you know. They don't have players and, and money, to, you know, to keep the club going. And so we need to get competitive. We need to kick some goals. We need to be some opposition on the weekend where, we, where we're not easy beats all the time. Even though it seems like we're easy beats on the weekend, we weren't. And then, um, yeah, we'll just, we're just striving to win a quarter. Striving to kick a few more goals and then, who knows? Hopefully, win a game. game. I said I'd play. I, you get a couple of guys coming up from the city out of retirement saying, "I will come and run around and help out and try and coach out on the field." Um, so I've promised them that I'd get out and play a couple of games at some stage. But I'm, I'm doing my very best to avoid them as much as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> what about the very handsome Jimmy Bartel? As he said, we sure should put very some heat call. on him to I've, have a game. I've never really pushed him, have I? So oh, we should um, do that. We should do that. Later in the year. I think so. We'll get Tab involved. Now, now we're talking. He might get the chopper up there. Oh, no. Hang on. That's getting <laughs> ahead of yourself. You've got to come up in the in the car. I'd go in the car with you, but I'm just talking Jimmy but, but the, thing, the thing is, you know, you've got to obviously put a lot of time and effort in and just, you know, everyone's trying to do their little bit. But that's that's where all the fun is. You jump in the car and the banter with, um, you know, a lot of the guys just on the way up and on the way back. That's where it's fun. I, I'm, I'm pretty much, this is what I, I'm the coach. <laughs> I, I was, 
I was strapping ankles. I was doing all sorts of things. Um, I, I would run water if I was allowed to. I would. We didn't have a runner. I needed to find a runner. Um, and then I'm the Uber driver. So I drive them up, I drive them back. I'm like, they all sit in the back having a couple of beers and just talking about what a great day they had. So I'm like, wow, this is interesting. I want to be in the back seat, relax. What's happening here? It does sound like good fun. And it sounds like it's good to hear a few footy players wanting to get back out on the field. And Well, we've got it? a big player this week, a player that's never played senior football ever in his life. He's a gold medalist at the Olympics in the pole vault, Steve Hooker. Steve Hooker. Steve Hooker. He's been having a kick. This is a good story because he, um, he, one of the players in my team is Anthony Franchini. He used to play Carlton, and I used to play on Anthony. Franchini. He would have tagged you. Yeah, we used to punch on. Yeah. Anyway, he's a good fella, and so the last few years I've been. You know, we live near each other. We've been going for runs, and and uh, still when we go for a run, he follows me everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, mate, just let it go, would you? But he said to me, um, I said, oh, I'm just trying to find some players that, so we can make sure we've got some numbers. And he said, I played a, um, a primary school match, dad's match. Um, Steve Hooker dominated. Why don't you get Steve Hooker? I said, Steve Hooker? So I thought, I'll ring him up. So I went and met with him and said, I know it's a bit crazy, but this team needs a bit of love and needs a bit of help. And you ever thought about, you know, playing senior football? So he said, oh, yeah, I'd love to help. So... I have a kick with him on a Sunday morning. Um, everyone's welcome to come down and have a kick. More numbers are better. And we just have a run around. And Steve Hooker's he's flying around. Like he, he told me at his very best he used to run 10.6 for 100. And then obviously jumped six metres over a pole. So if anyone's going to question his courage, you know, out on the footy field, I'm like, well, hang on. How many people are going to run with a pole and fly through the air like he does? No. So anyway, I'm just hoping you'll get a few kicks this week and have a run around. But most importantly, just have fun and help. Did he play junior footy? He played junior football and then obviously said, I'm pretty good at athletics. I'm going to concentrate on that. So he's never played senior football at all. Australia's had many great racing and sports moments. And here's the next. The Tab app is now available on Google Play. Download it today. Tab. Long may we play. Google Play is a trademark of Google LLC. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858. It was a beautiful weekend of football. Shane Crawford, I know you've been big on port from a premiership perspective. Did we see the grand final preview on the weekend against the Tigers? We saw an unbelievable match. The standard was incredible. The Tigers were so impressive. I loved what I saw from the Tigers. You know, Trent Koch and hunting the footy down low, flicking it out. You know, I don't think you'll see a better game of football from any other sides this year. So, um, you know, I know Melbourne are still undefeated and obviously the Bulldogs who, you know, I think uh, are going to be very, very hard to, to beat. And I pretty much predicted, oh, the Bulldogs will win the flag this year. But I was probably, um, I was probably just having a crack more so than really thinking through it really hard. But Port Adelaide, for me, are the ones. I think they lost a great opportunity last year in their prelim against Richmond. Uh, Richmond were awesome to get across the line. And then uh, I just think they got so much depth. If you look through their list, there's a lot of good players not getting a game at the moment, and that just holds them in great position from a pressure point of view each week to get a game. And also, um, you know, it just makes that selected 18 each week that start they're on and they're up and about and they were awesome on the weekend. I know they've got a pretty good team this week, have they? They're, oh, no, they're playing the Blues, which is not going to be easy because it's at the MCG. And the Blues aren't that bad. I know they had a good win last week, which is their first win for the year. But, you know, they've got – they pushed Richmond in the first round. Um, second game they played might have been the 
Bulldogs. Pies? Pies? Was it? Oh, the Pies, yeah. Mm. And the Pies were on the rebound because they were copping it a fair bit. So I think their form's okay. So they'll be half a chance, but I reckon Port Adelaide are the real deal. And Jackie, you're at the MCG Saturday night to cover the Collingwood GWS mm. game, a game where a lot of experts thought the Pies would simply turn up and get the four points. It wasn't the case. It's funny what pressure does. I mean, Collingwood came in thinking, you can't possibly lose this. And the Giants thought, well, we need a win. And we've got all these young players. And with young players, I mean, no expectation makes them fearless. So they sort of charged at Collingwood. They do have a bit of a game plan problem, I think, now that's not probably suiting the personnel that they have. They've been quite slow with their ball movement. And you could see on the bench that they were getting very frustrated with what was happening. The weather was terrible, but that's not an excuse. The Giants really turned up. And Mumford, what a game from Shane Mumford. And Toby Green was excellent. So, yeah, I mean, the Pies are in a bit of a pickle now. Under 30,000 at the game. That's a big surprise. I know the weather, weather was, was no good, but <laughs> yeah. you were there. If you can tough it up, yeah, surely the Collingwood yeah. supporters can too, Jackie. That's true. It's, one, it's funny with the Pies. I was thinking about it coming in today that they really invested in their contract situation before the pandemic hit. They weren't to know that you know, it was going to get a bit clunky in, in 2020. Uh, so they had to sort of get some money off the list and that sort of thing last year didn't pan out at all for them and a lot of teams can sort of claim that the nature of the pandemic the being away from home all that sort of all those factors come into play but having to do what they do it's extraordinary that they're paying for Adam Trelaw to play football against them at the Western Bulldogs they're playing paying about $300,000 of his contract to do that and then they've given big money to players like Jordan Dugowie which Jordan can win you three or four games a year and that's great but I would argue that Jake Stringer has more impact on games at Essendon in a similar type role, and he isn't on the big coin. So they need to get him into a better position to make more of an impact on the games. I you think. ruined my trivia question, because I was going to say to Shane Crawford that Adam Trelaw is on 900000 this year. Of that, guess how much Collingwood is paying, and the answer uh, is 300000 yeah, They I made a total meal of that. 300 ish yeah. A total I, meal. Yeah, and I reckon they did know it was coming. That, that, that's my take on it. Because, the salary cap yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I just reckon you go, do you know what, let's put the best list we can. Let's go hard. We know there's going to be a bit of fallout at some stage. So I reckon – I know they're a very smart club and they don't – you don't really – when you've got good operators, you don't make those big mistakes. You know, you had Dugowie coming out of contract. You had Grundy, More. you know, signing a, a huge contract. Um, you know, they got the GWS players, Taylor Adams, and um, there was another one there that they got from the – so I, I reckon Hoskin, they all get yeah they all get paid overs probably you know well, they got Trelaw paid him overs then moved him on well that's it Trelaw as well yeah you figured it out Trelaw so to get those players out of the Giants because I'm sure they're on a good whack anyway and then you pay a little bit over and all of a sudden you're really going okay gee and their young kids are coming through and they some of them can play similar roles and they're like on a third of what you know so it becomes becomes a real challenge, and this is where I'll give Hawthorne a bit of credit because for a long time everyone goes, oh, Hawthorne, buy these players. No, they don't. You know, if anything, they, they actually pay them under what they're sort of really worth and they try and give them... They develop uh, them. Yeah, they develop them. But they also go, listen, we'll pay you as much as we possibly can, but it's it's all about team success for us. This is the way sort of it all operates. Um, you can always go to another club and get some more money. Absolutely. You can go and... You, know, you look at North Melbourne over the last few years, they've thrown a lot of money out saying, come on, please come to us. And they've probably paid overs for the players that they've got because they had to try and entice them and, and get them across the line. So it, it is a balancing act. Um, you know, I reckon it's all to do with your culture and really selling that message early on as this is the way we do things here. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it, it's, it's starting to affect them. I think they'll be okay, though. I still think they're a very good team. Um, I didn't get to... 
have a real good look at them on the weekend. It didn't surprise me that the Giants had a win because the Giants were pretty good against Melbourne. They lost three players when the game was happening, which kills you, and three good players. So I thought they'd be half a chance, but uh, it's a worrying sign from Collingwood's point of view. They play West Coast this week. Over there. They probably won't win that. They'll put up a show, but I think West Coast are going all right, you know, apart from their last quarter against the Saints, but they're going okay. But then they've got a little group after that where they probably could string three or four together in a row and all of a sudden no yeah, one's talking I about I agree. I don't think they're done at all. I, I think it is going to be a balancing, a balancing act now because they do have those players like they have Levi Greenwood as the Medi sub and that sort of thing. If they're going to try to get games into youngsters, they can't do it just all at once this week and throw them to the Wolves against no. the Eagles. So they do have to stick fat with what they do have. I think they're an extremely talented team. I mean, any team with Scott Pendlebury, Brody Grundy, Darcy Moore. Side bottom. Side bottom's a gun. He's got to be kicking the ball inside 50. That, that, that's, that's the only role for him. We know he can run all over the field, but he's got to be kicking that ball inside 50 five to ten times a game. That, that's your role, son. Because when he does, they score goals. Absolutely. And it's only a month. You know, I mean, last week we were saying St Kilda is done. What are they going to do this year? And then they pull off that massive win against West Coast. And now we're like, hang on, they're a top eight team. But it's what too- are Collingwood doing? Are they rebuilding or having a crack now? Because they've they, they got Stevenson now. and Trelaw, and then they've got Pendlebury at 33 years of age, side bottom at 30. And then they've got rid of the two classy midfielders in the prime of their career age-wise. They've got some really good young players coming through. But for me, it just seems like they don't know... If their heads well, do, do you think Nathan Buckley's going to go, let's just rebuild for a couple more years? He won't have a job. Well, I don't think he'll be there at the end of this year if they miss the finals. Well, they need a president first, sorry, to make any decisions. Yeah. Who, who's actually going to be the president? Well, I don't think they know yet, do they? Yeah, I mean, right. They've got a recruiting agency having a look. Um, if you don't have a president, you can't make a call on your coach and relieve the pressure. If you're going to say, hey, Bucks, we're going to back you in, here's another two-year deal. We, who's doing that? No one can do it. So... If they don't do that soon, it's going to become really un- unfair, I think, on Nathan Buckley as well as a person because you can get paid big money in any corporation in the world, but this is a really unique job in that it is a high profile and people can criticise you constantly. That sort of thing wears you down and it brings your culture down as well because the, pl- the pressure on the players to go out and perform because they love him is too much. Like you see on the weekend, they had the weight of the world on their shoulders and it's round four. At but some it- point, you need to make a, a direction claim and say, are we going to keep you or are you... And if they on. won that premiership against West Coast, yep. they could do as they wanted with no pressure. 100%. They could totally rebuild. They could explain to the fans what they're doing. When Lee Matthews led them to a flag in 1990, they basically said, you've got the job for life. Admittedly, they sacked him five years later. But it <laughs> takes away all that pressure. The fact that Buckley's come so close with no cigar to getting that premiership as the coach, obviously two losing grand finals, a prelim against GWS, they somehow didn't win. A few other close calls in between. It but just adds to the pressure. Amazing, though. I go for Essendon. We haven't won a final in like 16 years. That's a terrific record. To make finals number one, to be in prelims, and to be one kick from a win in a grand final. Are you kidding? I think that they're very tough on Collingwood. From what he inherited, mm. I don't think it's been terrific. No, like he, he, had, he had a premiership side and then had to reshake it a bit and look towards the future and then made them competitive. And I think he's a very good coach. He is. But what's he had 10 years? Yeah. It's a long time. Like, you know, we'd all love 10 years to have a crack at trying to build a football side. So, you know, he's going to be under a lot of pressure. It, Jackie's right. Every coach is under pressure. Even when they're winning, they're under pressure, you know. When Alistair Clarkson finished, you know, three premierships in a row and they're starting to have a poor start to the year, Everyone going, oh, I think that's the end. I'm like, geez, we're harsh. <laughs> yeah. I said, are we serious? But the thing with Collingwood, 
Yes, they've made the finals, but their last couple of finals losses have been horrendous. Yes. They lost to – they got smashed by the Cats. I know they had a good win against West Coast Eagles. Great win. But they were lifeless the next week. And then the year before, they lost to the Giants. The Giants were on one leg. Yeah. And Collingwood coming off uh, a, a break, a two-week break, they, they were lifeless. So it's, it's the way you're losing. You know, you could cop it a bit more if – no, we had a crack and left it all out there. But especially after that Giants game – a couple of years ago, and the Giants obviously go into their grand final, and they were cooked. Yep. They had nothing against Richmond. Um, you know, they'd look back at that and go, "That was what's going wrong." And so my my not my issue. I think Collingwood a good side, and I really when they're up and about and moving the ball really well, they're very tough to play against. But if they make the finals, all I'm looking for is what are they going to do this year? You know, they're going to have if 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 it's a, a massive wiping. We've got alarm bells because that's three years in a row you've made finals and that'll be three games that you've been absolutely wiped when it matters most. Australia's had many great racing and sports moments and here's the next. The Tab app is now available on Google Play. Download it today. Tab. Long may we play. Google Play is a trademark of Google LLC. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858. We were discussing players retiring and maybe struggling in retirement. And our friend Dylan Buckley on his podcast spoke to the former Carlton champion Kate Simpson during the week. And this is what Kate had to say about putting the boots back on. I still wish I was playing like 100%. Um, Do you still reckon you, you could play this year? Yeah. I think you definitely could. Now when you've got like mid-season drafts and all that sort of stuff, like if someone did <laughs> just come knocking, I'd, wow. I would actually, I'm ready. Once you retired, did you struggle the next season? Did I struggle? Um Oh, not, not until probably middle to late in the year. But early on, I knew that I needed to rest up my knees. So I needed at least six months off. So, um, but I don't know. You just, because as soon as you, as soon as you stop, you've, you're, you're not a part of it, you know? So you're like, you know, Alice Clarkson would say, you know, as soon as you retire, you know, and then I, I think he even said to the players, oh, he's doing media now. He's not, he's not one of us anymore. So, you know, so you're like, oh, hang on. I was, I was felt like I was a part of that, you know, for a long, long time. So you sort of, I don't know, if you've loved it and you'd sacrifice your whole life, sort of sort of like a grieving time, <laughs> believe it or not. Whereas, you know, I you look forward to so many other opportunities and, and looking forward to getting on with the life, but there's always, you know, a massive part of your heart. It's like, oh, hang on, you know, that's now no longer going to happen anymore. But um, I reckon I got towards the end of the, my first year out and then I thought I could definitely play because my body felt, really good but you've got to be realistic about it you've got to do all that training you've got to consistently back up each week and each day and but yeah like you always like even now I think okay I'm I'm 46 and I I seriously think okay give me six months I'll train I'll get myself ready I could play AFL football which is probably not the case because the game's faster than ever and, and highly skilled but the game suits would would have suited me perfectly these days with the running style of game. But, yeah, I don't know. You always just think you can get out there and roll around if you dedicate yourself. But that's what professional athletes would have, that mindset that they can do if they apply themselves and give it a crack. And, Jackie, you work with a lot of former AFL players. Mm. Watching the game next to them, can you see the competitive nature come out and can you sense that they still want to be out there doing it? Absolutely you can. I mean, it's what you just said, Shane. Like, it was your whole life was dedicated probably from what age did you start to dream about being a footballer? Well, yeah, like... 
10, 11, 12. 10, 11, yep. and then what, how old were you when you retired? 30, was it 34? Yeah. It's a huge chunk of your life. It's yeah. over half of your life dedicated to one dream. Now, every time there is a rule change, there's always someone who says, that would have suited me. Damn, just missed the boat kind of thing. <laughs> um, and like now, like you'd look at like a Matthew Lloyd, like he'd be kicking bags now, wouldn't he? You know, back yeah, well, into that, the old that, days. that's been great about, you know, the new rules mm. standing Still stand yes. on the yeah. mark, which is good for the Ardmona Bushcats because they don't move around too much anyway. <laughs> so it's actually it's helped our game plan a bit. But like it just allows those running type of players. And it, like I, I um, Craig Mottram, the uh, you know fifteen hundred five thousand meter runner. I was talking to him this morning, and we were talking about because talking about running around the tan. And um, he said, "Back in your day," I said, "Oh yeah, we used to run around there a few times." But you know, I said. If I was going to try and do my best, I would have made sure I was a lot lighter. I said, I think the AFL players these days would run the town a lot faster than we did back in our day because they're four or five kilos lighter. Because you look at, if you look at a lot of the AFL midfielders, they're all so lean. You know, they are light. Um, don't know if they're eating enough, but they are <laughs> light because they've got to cover the ground. And the lighter you are, and they used to say in 800 metre running, especially with the bigger types, each kilo you would lose, that would be a second. So, you know, from a footballing point of view, if the footballer wanted to turn themselves into an 800-metre run and had good um, endurance and, um, you know, so they come in at 85 kilo, all right, let's get you down to 75, and that might take 10 seconds off their time. So, um, yeah, it's just a different way and a different sort of breed of player these days. Even the key position forwards, they're lean. Like Tom Hawkins leaned up over the last few years. Buddy. Buddy's, buddy's lean, yeah. Um, like the backs, the defenders, they're all a lot leaner than, you know, we can remember them this, from the 10 years The rule changes ago. would suit Cade enormously, though, wouldn't they? Absolutely, Running off 100%. I mean, it, it would yep. have been right in his wheelhouse. But the, pro the problem with Carlton, Saad comes in and then you've got Williams. Williams play the same role. You know, I know they, they want to put Williams up around the, the ball, but whether or not he's got the endurance to be back and forth all the time or he's more of a catch your breath, go again um, type of player. But that's they had to unfortunately sacrifice a legend of the game. But it, it's, there's no doubt he can play. There's no doubt he'd be amazing at linking up. And I reckon there's still a supporting role for those experienced players who can still run and who can still kick really well. And I know Jimmy Bartel gets frustrated to this day when he talks about how he was moved on and it was because they wanted some youth and then the next year they fell just short in the finals and he still wonders what could have been if he you was You can't there. beat experience, like especially in football. I, I know you need to have speed, but players players that can use the ball under pressure, it's not about them getting into space and using the football. It's about under pressure. You know, the guys who can, you know, had great peripheral vision, which Jimmy Bartell had. Um, when players are coming at you, they make the right decisions. You th those players, and a lot of them are experienced players who've been around a long time, like Sean Berger and those types, just super smart. You know, they just angle a little bit, gives themselves half a metre, then they make the right decisions. You can't beat players like that. But unfortunately, what happens in the draft, they've got to get young kids onto the list. They're still three or four years away, a lot of them. Um, and then we have to sacrifice some of the older fellas just to allow them time to develop. Mm, absolutely. Which club do you think would best suit Someone like Cade Simpson, if he came up in the mid-season. Geelong? Well, Geelong are interesting because in the grand final, you watch them in the grand final, Richmond line up. Richmond look like 800-metre runners, lean and just ready to go, whereas you look at Geelong, 
Geelong, big and strong. You know, the old Brisbane Lions sort of philosophy with Chris Scott, you know, big, strong. And what happens after half time, you know, or Richmond just run, 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 run. And by the end of the game, what's happening? There's more, it looks like there's more Richmond players out there. So, um, you know, like imagine if Kate Simpson went to the Bulldogs. Oh. The run there already, with they've got so many midfielders, but imagine just throwing him in the mix there, just from a depth point of view. But you'd want him to go to a side that's contending a bit, you know? Absolutely. I was thinking he could be a good fit if St Kilda could work their way back up. They missed the yeah. Nick Hind going to Essendon has just changed the game for the Bombers, but maybe the Saints could use something, someone like that. He's, he's so calm under pressure, like you said, and he, yeah. his kicking skills are elite. So maybe... Maybe the Saints are the one. Lovely segue to the Saints because I was about to ask you both for a thought on the game <laughs> Thursday night between St Kilda and Richmond at Marvel Stadium. St Kilda potentially kick-started their season with that magnificent victory over the Eagles last week while Richmond, in defeat, certainly lost no admirers against the power. They were 33 points down. Is that right? They were. It Which was an is... incredible turnaround. Yeah, and I, I wasn't watching a lot of this match. I was actually in a pub, believe it or not, I, and, and I just stopped to get myself some water on the way back to Melbourne, right? And up on the screen came um, the last 10 inside 50s, nine of them were St Kilda, and this is just going into three-quarter time. And I'm like, wow, okay. And I'll see the scoreboard pressure's there. They're getting the ball. They're getting their hands on the ball. So um, it's a great turnaround. They were under a lot of pressure and they were criticised from a work point of view, not necessarily... Got smashed for it. <laughs> yeah, they got smashed. Yeah, I suppose from a skill point of view because Brad Hill was, was in the firing line as well, turning the footy over. But you've got to work. You've got to work both ways. And sometimes a kick in the backside like that, I was always expecting a good game out of them, whether or not they were good enough to win. But um, we know that that's the level. So they've got to find some somehow, or at the moment, there's a bit of an inconsistent mindset because um, you look at the way they've started, they've been okay in some matches, they've been pretty poor in others, and there's something lacking mentally, because we know physically they're very capable, we know there's a lot of pressure on that side. Yes, they have a few injuries, but there's a lot of pressure to stay in that side. So they've just got to – I reckon if you can get a team in that mindset just working, things will just eventually work their way out, and that's – they've got to make sure they back it up this week and go again. Who are you tipping? Uh, who am I tipping? I am, I'm tipping against them, but I'm, I think they can definitely win. I really do. Jackie? Yeah, I agree with that. I think Richmond will win. Um, I've seen a few Saints games live and if they can produce that level again, they're well and truly in with the shot. They're tackling pressure. Dan McKenzie, these guys just popped out from nowhere and put perceived pressure on every eagle in their forward 50. It was unbelievable, but I've seen them play against Melbourne as well and that was that was an atrocious game in terms of effort and intent. So you have to go on past experience, I think, with this one and just back in the Tigers because they've got the runs on the board. And, and they were awesome last week, the Tigers. Like, Yeah, I mean, they, someone they were, had to lose. Someone they, they had to lose. very, very good. Mm. I think the very good getting team. Richmond at the worst possible time yep. on the back of two defeats. And the Saints, there <laughs> has to be maybe just a little bit of a letdown after that big victory. A lot of well, energy would have gone into that. Yeah, I think a lot of energy will go into backing it up. Okay. What about Damien Hardwick being offered the tissues? Oh. That's going to fire him up. <laughs> he won a premiership at that club too. <laughs> Gee, they turn, don't they? <laughs> Friday night footy. It should be a cracker. Very intriguing with West Coast hosting Collingwood at Optus Stadium. You're both tipping West Coast by how much? Oh, you want a margin, do you? I don't think it's going to be a massive margin. I do think West Coast can win, but I do think Collingwood will put up a, 
a bit of a showing, especially, you know, we saw last week, we saw St Kilda, the Giants on the rebound. They put in, you know, good efforts, not only physically but mentally. You could see they were switched on, whereas you'll get that from Collingwood. Collingwood travel normally fairly well. They've got a pretty good record on the road. So I don't think the margin is going to be massive. I think it'll be under 20. Um, the great thing is Grundy, Nat Nui. How good's that? We know Grundy gets plenty of the footy around the ball. He gets plenty of hit-outs at times too, but that won't be the case this week. Um, and a lot of people question his hit-outs, which we're, we're pretty harsh. You know, he gets 50 yeah. hit-outs. They go, well, is that to advantage? Most of them are to advantage, but it's up to the players then to the on-ballers to go to work and do what they have to do. Whereas Nat Nui, he's, you know, when he's on and that just that big, strong body coming through, it must scare those players I'd be tipping a big game from Brody Grundy this week. His favourite game, actually, in an interview that I've done with him recently is playing against West Coast. They're the mm. new rivalry now, the Collingwood-West Coast rivalry. I mean, it's one goal here or there each match. So I reckon it'll be really tight. Do you know, do you know why he'd love it? He'd love it because, obviously, you've got to be switched on with your, your uh, ruck work, you know, and your body work and so forth. But it's when the ball hits the ground, he knows that he can totally outrun that Nui. From an endurance point of view, it's just whether or not Nat Nui can run and cut those angles just to, you know. So I reckon I reckon a good play this week is Grundy to kick a goal because he'll be trying to really push hard and make Nat Nui go defensively with him. And I reckon he'll get you a goal or two. So maybe that's the play this week, Nick. Might be a good league for the same game, Multi. The line is 18.5. Would you take Collingwood at the plus or West Coast at the minus? Oh, uh, maybe Collingwood. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be in this match. I think they are, but I just think West Coast, I just think they'll find a way to win. Agree. 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 There we go. Two Collingwood at the plus. We've spent 20 minutes talking about how their season is in tatters. We're <laughs> tipping them to be competitive uh, To be this fair, week. I think we said they're still going to be okay. Oh, no, indeed. <laughs> Nick's the only one that's <laughs> saying they're well, in tatters. Well, he nearly went to Collingwood. He's got to keep them sweet. Come back in round 12. We'll have another Please. look then. All right. It's time to get your pen and pad ready. No shame, oh. Crawford. I don't want an autograph. Not now while we're filming yes. anyway. Okay. What's your best bet for the weekend? Oh, gee. Here we go. Um, why don't you go you first? You did very well last week as well. I'll give you a big pat on the back. You tipped the Saints and you tipped the Giants as well. So while you yeah, think I, about that. I put that in that, my uh, multi. Yeah, you, but know, you also so, made the like Giants I, your best outsider. I'm so. a genius from that point of view in my multi. However, my last leg of the multi. What happened? Was the Cats. <laughs> so I did all the hard work with the Saints against the Eagles and then the Giants, obviously. Oh. So, and it was great value. But the Cats, they're, they're off. They're a touch off. I thought. Last week's game against the Hawks, it would just springboard them into getting themselves rolling, but no. I think they'll be able to Their one really good moment in that match was when Jordan Clark did that massive run and they mm. took the game on, wasn't it? They didn't repeat that at all. No, they don't. I don't, they don't have it. they've got that. That's mm. been the real issue over the last few years is they just seem, you know, when they come up against a side that will run and really take them on, Unless it's down there at their um, home stadium where they mm. can really zone and lock They're up the ground really well. The They're MC. there this week. Yeah, they, and that's, North, that's so. a big advantage for them because they do that so Poor well. Poor North. They'll win by Poor 70 North. points this week, yeah. Oh, just their Adelaide of last year at the moment. I really hope that they can pull together a performance soon because it's not good for the league. They'll pluck a few wins. They'll be okay. Jeez, they were good on the weekend. They, they ran were. Out of, they were. They, ran, they lost two players in six seconds. It was an entertaining game what, too. That passage of play was so critical. But they were winning at three-quarter time and the punters that took the Crows one to 39 and a half would be pulling their hair out because they won by more than that. Yeah, true. True. All right, Jackie, you're uh, on debut here. Well, this is a big moment for probably you. Probably just going to be, you know, just to rile people up, really. Essendon takes on Sydney, sorry, Brisbane, mm -hmm. in the Joe Danaher Cup. Yes, yes. I like that. So, yeah. um, I might steal that. Really looking forward to seeing Joe 
um, play against his old teammates and their reaction. Um, no, it was interesting actually the other night watching Collingwood fans boo him. I, I don't know what what what, what was that no, about. That was that was confusing. That was, to who, watch. who were they booing the other day? The Collingwood supporters. They were bo- booing. Oh, Joe booing da- Danaher. Yeah, Joe that Danaher. Was... That was. I don't know what. That's Collingwood supporters. Don't try. And that get was weird. Head. Really weird. I don't know what he's done to them, but um, I think Joe Danaher will kick two plus goals against Essendon. I, I like think, it. I by like the way, it. though, I think he'll kick like two goals ten or something like that because he'll look great Imagine in the lead if he up. Kicks ten goals too. Well, <laughs> can you imagine the radio the next day? Can you imagine the me- uh, you could smell the memberships being um, microwaved at that point? No, I don't think it'll happen. I think that, but that, I think he, he will kick a. Few. I think he'll kick a couple against the Bombers and really rile them up. I also think Essendon will win. Oh, because Brisbane has been on the road for so long. I think they're tired. I think they're a bit fatigued. They had to go to Ballarat. They had to play in the cold. Ballarat's not far. Oh, they had to play in the cold. It's not far. <laughs> You're right. It was freezing cold and they've only just gone back home and I reckon it's been harder than what they've let on. Four dollars there. Yep. Bang. Get in. I love it. Gamble responsibly. There we go. Are you going to put me out of a job if you keep saying that fluently? <laughs> I'm going to go with a four-leg multi. Oh, oh here, here we go. go. Nice Jeez. and simple. No, Double it's, your money. It's not simple though. That's I can't imagine this is going to be simple. The Bulldogs to beat Gold Coast. Yep. Brisbane to beat Essendon. Obviously, you disagree. Nah. I don't. Yeah. Melbourne to beat the hapless Hawks. And Geelong to beat North Melbourne. Double your money on that. Yeah. Like I, finding like money four in favorites. the street. Four favourites. Double your money. Just, all right. Yep. Just got to bend down and pick it up. Imagine, yeah. <laughs> well, you could be out of the second leg here. So I could I'll be. Or I could check. get it and I'll be just <laughs> sitting back twirling my moustache. <laughs> That I'm Absolutely. not capable it's of growing. A, it's a hard watch. Four legs. It's going to be a long weekend. I love it because it entertains you over the course of the weekend it's as well. the very last match as well of the weekend. No. Twilight Sunday yesterday. Time just, to protect Just take one roughie and back them in, yeah. you know, and you can be finished straight away. <laughs> Go the Bombers. Yeah. That great idea. And <laughs> you know if you have $10 on the Bombers, how much you'll collect? Nothing, because they won't win. Oh. <laughs> What's your best bet, Shane Crawford? Well, I was going to say the Dogs, which I think that's pretty easy, but the Dogs by 20-plus points against Gold Coast Suns. But... I won't, um, but I think that'll definitely happen. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the D's against my beloved Hawks. Um, One to thirty-nine in that bracket because the Hawks will, as we know, they'll they'll structure up well and they can close the game down. So they're they're always going to be in games, but they just they're lacking class. Um, they don't have the A graders that are needed to to get a lot of those wins. So the D, as long as the D's don't get ahead of themselves, like. As long as yeah. the D's keep applying themselves like they have and, and all signs are great, they'll be five and zip sitting on top of the ladder and I reckon I reckon the margin will be between 20 and 30 points. What are they going to do with Ben Brown when he's ready to come in? Well, he's, he's he had a run on the weekend, yep. um, so that's the great luxury they've got. Nice They're winning have. without him, so yeah. why put him in at the moment? You don't need to, but, you know, you've got – Key Ford, who you know, who works his butt off. And I reckon the MCG really works for Ben Brown because he loves to get on his bike. He loves to work. So he's going to drag, you know, your, a really good defender out of that space. So it's actually going to it's going to be nice for them. They're going to have another option um, moving forward. And I think that 1 to 39 and a half option against Hawthorne in games where the Hawks are outsiders will be a cash cow this yeah, season. Yeah, I, I think it's, that's the go. saluted in all yep. three games they've lost. Because you know they're going to structure up well, do the right thing, and be competitive. Well and, coached. And well coached. Well, you, you know, like uh, Richmond, Clarko just shut it down, put a few extras. They just block space, you know, mate. You know, And then against Geelong, somehow they nearly won. So I think the Geelong form is a bit dodgy, really, when you think about it, just from where Hawthorne's coming from. So 
Um, Which yeah. along were a few down as well on the bench, weren't they? So they were just yeah. slowing down in that last quarter. They'll be okay, the Cats. I'm not worried. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, it's not that easy to, to get rolling, you know? You throw and Dangerfield and Cameron in, a few games back at home. Mm. They'll get some mojo. Yeah, you forget about Jeremy Cameron, don't you? Like, Yeah, but apparently he's, he's, he's not coming along as like mm. they think he is. Okay. So, you know, it's a lot of money to pay for players not to play. Um, but anyway, we'll just wait and see because they've sort of thrown all chips in, you know, got a few more seats. Like Higgins, he's gone now for a while um, with an injury and Isaac Smith's, you know, moving, getting better each week. But they've they've thrown it all in this year. This is it, yep. you yeah. know, because those older types, you, you drop off the cliff pretty quick and they're in that zone where you've got a, like a Hawkins and a, a Selwood, a, a Smith, Higgins, Dangerfield, all of a sudden – one year too many, you can look pretty average. And that's not the case yet. But do you know what? It's – and those you've got to have that speed. You've got to have that real mix. And I know they've brought in some young running types. But, you know, it's – it's yeah, it's interesting times for the Cats. Now, if you had to just stopped it, they've paid a lot of money, it was going to be a lovely segue for me to wrap up the podcast <laughs> and say, we've paid you both a lot of money to be here today, but it's been worth every penny. But I tell you what, Jackie Reid – Three votes on debut. This is the most impressive debut performance you know what? since Scotty Cummings. I'm going to go and have something on Essendon because that's her team and she's had a good look at it and she understands what's going on. So I might just start working that into my multis. Yeah, we're going to have to let Jimmy Bartell down softly to say that he's <laughs> oh, no. given a superstar an opportunity Thanks here. for the opportunity. It's been good fun, guys. What about first week, Jackie? We had a, a game where um, you virtually had to pick your certainty. Okay, and we're going to drag it on all year. So you got one team to pick, and we could all pick the same team if we wanted to, or whatever. Anyway, Quinny and Jimmy Bartell out first week, and this this game's meant to go all year. Pick your certainty from what? round one. Who did you pick? Brisbane against Sydney. And who Jimmy pick? He picked the Cats against Adelaide. Yeah, of course, and that was supposed to be an easy <laughs> tick. Our game's over for the year. <laughs> it's yeah. the first time in like fifty years. Um. Hmm. Grand finalists went down to the bottom. Yeah, anyway, not good. That was a setback. It was a bit unlucky, I think, Jimmy, that one. Oh, stop sticking up for it. No, you were. Yeah, that was silly. Stop sticking up <laughs> well, for it. Well, at the time, I said, are you are you sure? Like, are you sure about that team? Who you was your certainty? <laughs> oh, it might have been Port Adelaide, was it? Or? Yeah, Port against North. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Port Adelaide. Put the short step in. I, I, won. Nows, I won the lunch. Is? I won the lunch. Put the short step in. Well, yeah. Now we've just got to get a time where you're free for the lunch, which is more challenging than... Well, you're, you're invited, Jackie, because oh, Quinny's shouting. He's shouting. <laughs> hey. Well, I'm not even worried about that because money spent on you two plus Jimmy Bartell for a night out would be money well spent. And hopefully for favoured punters, it's going to be money well spent on some of the fancies in the AFL this weekend. Good luck with your bets and thanks very much for listening to Inside 50. Australia's had many great racing and sports moments, and here's the next. The Tab app is now available on Google Play. Download it today. Tab. Long may we play. Google Play is a trademark of Google LLC. Gamble responsibly. Gambler's help. 1-800-858-858.